my relationship with money was, you know, hard. And <laughs> we didn't have much money growing up. Uh, so I, from a very early age, I was taught that, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work really hard for your money. It's a, in scarce supply. So that really conditioned my relationship of having quite a lack mindset to money. And I think that impacted me throughout my career early on as well, because I very much had that programming and that belief that money was scarce and that I had to be grateful to, to have a job. Uh, so I've essentially had to unlearn a lot about money. Imagine building wealth beyond your ancestors' wildest dreams and working on something that brings you purpose rather than chasing a paycheck. If you are ready to dive into understanding your relationship with money and create the money systems you need to design your dream life and earn passive income, you need to be part of my Vivala Investing Program. Join today by using the link in the show notes. My name is Lucy King. I am on a mission to teach Latinas and women of color how to build generational wealth by healing their relationship with money, invest in the stock market, and launch an online business. I am a mom, a wife, a speaker, and author who launched her online business after I was denied access to financial advice because I didn't have $100,000 to start investing. Just like you, I used to believe that we Latinas and women of color have to work mentally and physically hard to earn money. On this show, I share the strategies to manage your dinero, all things finance, and well-building from a holistic perspective. I give you relatable personal finance tips with solo and guest episodes every week. Welcome to Say Hola Well Podcast. ¿Estás lista? Vamos. Busy Mujer, before we dive into today's Dinero Chisme, I want to remind you to follow us on social if you are loving the podcast. Want to build community and learn all of the money chisme and behind the scenes of our business. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, and everywhere else on social. If you are loving the podcast, please leave us a review. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it is the easiest way to share our podcast and help other mujeres find us and build wealth juntas. So take a moment to review and subscribe so you don't miss any dinero chisme. For more well-building tips, make sure you check our blog at www.sayolawell.com blog. If you're ready to increase your dinero, check out my free 20A Passive Income Guide to be entered to join my email list where I share personal finance chisme, upcoming events, and community updates to help you build well. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Did you know that personal branding can help you recession-proof your career and your finances? Developing your personal brand is so crucial for your well-building journey, especially as a Latina. Oftentimes, la cultura promotes that calladita te ves más bonita mentality, and we shy away from celebrating our own success. But if you want to earn more money, not only in your 9-to-5, but also as an entrepreneur, Developing your personal brand is just another ingredient to your wealth building journey. 
Hello, Marielle. Welcome to Say Hola Well podcast. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to dive into today's conversation about developing our personal branding and so many good things about you that I read. I have been following for quite some time, so I'm very impressed with the work that you're doing. And I want to start by asking you, um, how did you grow up and what was your relationship with money? Yeah, great question. Let's dive straight in. So I'm from a traditional immigrant family. I was raised in the UK, in uh, London primarily. And my relationship with money was, you know, hard. (laughs) We didn't have much money growing up. Uh, So I, from a very early age, I was taught that, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work really hard for your money. It's in scarce supply. So that really conditioned my relationship of having quite a lack mindset to money. And I think that impacted me throughout my career early on as well, because I very much had that programming and that belief that money was scarce and that I had to be grateful to, to have a job. Uh, so I've essentially had to unlearn a lot about money. Love it. What was the process of you like unlearning this belief? Because looking at your uh, success now, looking at where you are, which we're going to dive into that, there has to be, I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, uh, a lot of mindset work that you have to do essentially to decolonize your mindset around money. Yeah, yeah. And it's so true. I think we all, especially if you're from um, an immigrant background where, you know, you weren't necessarily born into privilege, right? So I've definitely had to really just sit with myself and reflect on some of the real deep rooted beliefs that often aren't even mine. You know, I've often inherited a lot of these beliefs as well around the fact that, you know, money is in scarce supply, that I have to work really, really hard. And questions that I really had to ask myself is, is it true? You know, is it true, these stories that it's in scarce supply? Of course it's not. You know, so I really just had to sit and get quiet and get still. Uh, I've journaled on this. I've had I've worked with coaches myself who've helped me really just release a lot of that old programming a lot of those old stories so I would say the biggest thing is just investing in myself whether that be just one-to-one me sitting having a you know very frank look at what's going on underneath and also just investing in coaches who are experienced and professionals in really helping me release a lot of my money blocks and stories. Thank you for sharing that. I I agree with you that as the daughter of immigrants, sometimes we have a lot of conditioning that doesn't belong to us. And if we want to break away from those chains of what I call generational poverty, not necessarily like monetary, but also like the scarcity mentality, we have to do the inner work. And I think it's so important for uh, the listeners that, you know, to hear that seeing where you are, you didn't get there overnight, you have to do the work, just like most of us are doing. So thank you again for sharing that. I went ahead and read your website. Uh, I was doing a little bit of, um, I want to say like investigating process to learn more about you. And Mm -hmm. I learned that you are very passionate about personal branding. So can you tell us a little bit about why personal branding? Why did uh, Marielle decided to do personal branding? Yeah. Um, Well, I actually started in PR 
I've always had an interest in storytelling and helping people kind of tell their stories. And I believe we all connect on an emotional level through stories, right? Um, they often say, you probably heard the saying that facts tell, stories sell. So I've always just been interested in people and their stories. Um, but as I progressed in my PR career, I recognized that PR is great, but not everyone needs PR but everyone needs to know how to become known for something because often, especially women, we've been conditioned to put our head down and let our work speak for itself. But the truth is your work doesn't speak. <laughs> so we all have to learn the tools to really own our voice and speak up for ourselves. And I feel like this is so important, especially in the corporate world where women aren't very well represented, especially in male dominated industries. It's very hard for women to navigate their way to the top. So I saw a huge need to move away from PR and instead focus more on personal branding, which to me is about becoming known for your work, developing the confidence and the self-belief to talk up and use your voice. And that's essentially what personal branding is and that's why I'm so passionate about it as well because I feel so often than not I meet so many women especially introverted women like me who don't like to talk up but we have to recognize that we're only really rewarded for visible work and that's work that people can see and it's on each of us each of those listening to your show to recognize that it's on them to own their voice and that's what I help people do through personal branding. I love it. And I'm part of a, a community where culturally we have been told to keep quiet. So there's a saying that translates into uh, you look beautiful when you're quiet. So calladita te ves más bonita. That's a, a Spanish version of it. And so we're afraid to really give ourselves credit for the work that we do. Uh, we're conditioned to just play small. And this is why I wanted to bring you to the podcast because you are giving um, the tools to other women, women of color, uh, yes. about what they need to do to really embrace their personal branding and embrace the fact that it's okay for them to want more and to be become the leaders, become part of the executive board for those that are in a nine to five, but you're also giving permission to entrepreneurs to create personal branding. So what is the difference between someone in a corporate setting versus a an entrepreneur? Yeah, to be honest, I feel like the lines are quite slim. And I feel especially in the last, you know, two and a half years, we've recognized that we all need to have a personal brand because the world is shifting so fast, right? And we all need to become known for something. So I feel like the lines are so much blurrier now. Uh, with the big billion dollar companies that I work with, I essentially teach their staff how to become entrepreneurs. So that's acting like an entrepreneur, but internally in their roles. So we still need to know how to develop um, a, a growth mindset. We still need to know how to develop a strong elevator pitch that leaves people excited to, to find out more about us. We still need to know how to cultivate a strong presence on LinkedIn so that when we're Googled, we like what comes up about us because people are always going to be Googling you. So we need to know how to form a good impression. We all need to know how to network. We all need to know how to sell because even if you're in a nine to five, sure, you may not have a product or a service, 
but the service is actually you in the nine to five. So that's what you're selling. You're selling yourself. So I don't really feel like there's that much of a clear distinction now between entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs because we're all effectively selling something. Love it. So many good things are happening here. Uh, Marielle, what was the pivotal moment for you uh, to decide, I'm going to become my own boss, I'm going to do my own thing, I'm going to become the entrepreneur and use the skill set that you already had to leverage yeah. the, um, the new idea? Yeah. Well, there's a few things. And I think pretty early on in my career, I never felt satisfied. I always felt like there was in a nine in my nine to five roles. I always felt like there was something more. I always felt like, is this it? You know, because it just felt a little bit stagnant. I felt I had a really strong work ethic, but I was around people that just didn't really care. And I think it's really hard to, if you're somebody that is ambitious, I think it's very hard to to dance to somebody else's beat. You know, like I think. Um, if you are someone who's creative and likes to create your own path, then you should consider being an entrepreneur. So I think the pivotal moment came was when I was working in New York and I was working for a boss who would tell me things like, you have a very high opinion of yourself or no, you can't have a pay rise because you are, you currently earn more money than my husband. And all of these microaggressions that came from nowhere. And I just thought, you know what? I'm never going to be satisfied working for somebody else because there's always going to be someone trying to hold me back. And that's when I really just decided to carve out my own path. I love it. And I can resonate with you so much. I was reading on your website how you decided to do uh, the work that you do. Yes, because you were underpaid, but also because you feel like you were never going to be part of the the good old boys club, which I can totally resonate with you because I was one of the very few uh, women of color in the top executive role of my previous company. And every time I wanted to negotiate uh, my salary, I was told you get 3% and call it lucky. And so microaggressions are real. And a lot of people might think that those are normal, but they are not normal. We have no. to learn to use our voice to speak up. So what happened when you started to go viral on LinkedIn, talking about personal branding? What yeah. were the feelings? Were you afraid? I want to know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, as I shared with you, I'm definitely quite introverted. So I'm very sensitive to other people and their energy. And I take, I have to really learn not to take it on. So when my posts do go viral and I get like a deluge of messages, I get tired. <laughs> I'll be honest, I do get tired. So I really have to learn to manage that more than anything. So I like to take a lot of breaks. Uh, a lot of naps and really just protect my energy that's something that I really had to learn just recently is how to protect my energy and I think as if I don't know if any of your listeners are introverts and empaths I'm sure they are but I think it's such an important skill to learn how to protect your boundaries and protect your energy especially when um you know, you've got a big following and engagement online. Yeah, I can totally relate today. So I'm, I'm more of an extrovert and I, and I like to talk and I like to do things, but when it comes to being the center of attention, I have to do a lot of mindset work because although I like to talk, I rather, I was used to like, 
uh, in-person conversations and, you know, in-person settings and now everything online. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's so scary. And so I have to do what you're you're suggesting, you know, uh, block times, take a nap, turn those comments off. And yeah. um, just recently I had my first um, hateful comment about, you know, uh, why I wasn't being grateful or something like that. But it really like... Uh, it made me upset and sad. And I was like, oh my God. So I have to like disconnect from social media. So thank you for sharing that because I do have clients that are um, introverts um, and listeners. So clients and uh, listeners as well. So you are, I'm like pausing because I'm so excited. I'm like, I want to say it right. You are a LinkedIn instructor. LinkedIn learning instructor. Yes. LinkedIn learning instructor. So yeah. How did you receive those news or how did that partnership happen? I, yeah. I want to know the, the, all the, the gossip, the behind the scenes that we don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I've been sharing quite a lot of content and I think it's a testimony to the importance of being consistent and having a really clear message. So I've been sharing a lot of my personal branding content consistently on LinkedIn, a lot of videos, a lot of written text. And they came and said to me, you know, we've been, um, we really like your videos. We really like the way that you come across. We would love for you to create some content for us. And for those of you that aren't familiar with LinkedIn Learning, so it's essentially the education platform of, of uh, LinkedIn. And it is accessible to, I think it's approximately 30 million learners globally have access to LinkedIn Learning. So my co- I've got two courses on there. One is on personal branding and the other is on um, uh, refreshing your workplace social skills. I could share the links to you as well if you want because your, your readers may want to have access to those there and I could share the complimentary link. But essentially it's just um, they saw me and they liked what I was doing. They liked how I came across and they invited me to create the content. So um, yeah, it's been a great journey. I love it. And I want to say that for me, um, seeing another women of color mm-hmm. being part of this huge global platform is, is so powerful, right? Because I see you mm-hmm. there. I, I'm learning from you. And I see that there is representation because there is a lot of women of color that don't feel like they're seen or heard. And we tend to shrink, right? Like, oh, I'm not nah. going to say anything. So what would you say to someone who is afraid of putting themselves out there in terms of uh, creating their personal branding that they're like, I just, I, I just don't want the attention or I just don't, I just don't want to put myself out there. <laughs> yeah. And I get it. I get it. This is the the exact problem and challenge that I had, but I had to learn to lose my ego. I had to learn to lose my ego because I feel it's an ego thing. You could focus on yourself or you can focus on your message and you've got to decide which are you going to focus on? Cause you can't focus on both at the same time. So you focus on yourself and you make it about you. You stay in your own head and you stay in your own little world, or you can focus on impacting millions with your message and take off, take the focus away from you. And that's really what it comes down to. And it's about practicing. It's about practicing when you don't feel comfortable. As Brené Brown says, we could choose courage or comfort, but we can't choose both at the same time. So you've got to decide, are you going to choose courage and be brave? And are you going to put yourself out there? Or are you going to stay in your comfort zone? 
that's really what it comes down to. I love it. I love everything you're saying. And I also want to share that within your business model, mm -hmm. you have uh, a multidimensional business. So you are the, um, you're the instructor, you're the coach, and you also are a keynote speaker. Yes, that's correct. And, um, you know, I love having like a multifaceted business. So, uh, yes, I do a lot of keynote speaking. I work with big brands. So LinkedIn is one of them, BP, Diageo. And I really help to develop their talent with the new skills that we need to all build our brand. So that's one element. And then I've got my um, LinkedIn learning courses, the two courses that I've got on the LinkedIn learning platform that are accessible to anyone with a LinkedIn learning account. And then on top of that, I do one-to-one uh, -one work with women to really help them build their brand, whether that be on LinkedIn, um, whether that be getting clients, speaking gigs, brand deals that's all what I'm experienced in so it's um it's typically the same content that I teach it's just to different audiences thank you so much for sharing everything that you do I I wanted to bring this up because a lot of us uh you know that are daughters of immigrants um, we have the tendency to believe that in order to make money, we have to reinvent the wheel. And you're a great example of how you can monetize multiple channels within one business model. We don't have to go and get another degree unless, of course, you absolutely need it. But you yeah. can just start using your voice. And that is a great way to monetize your vision and your purpose. You were talking about like the impact that you want to create, which I, I've, I've I was just so excited when you said those words, because it's true. Sometimes we play so small and we don't see ourselves as someone who can create impact, but it only mm -hmm. takes one person. You start coaching one person, you start changing one person, and then it's just a, um, a magical effect that happens. And then who knows, right? Yes. Like The listener might be the next person that gets um, approached by LinkedIn to do something. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a huge advocate of something I, often, I say often is simplify to multiply, simplify to multiply. So keep it simple. You know, I've got one framework that I teach. I've got one core message that I teach. And that means that I'm able to be really focused in terms of the, the messaging. And I repeat a lot of the same stuff that I say, you know, I just say it differently, but it's still the same. And I just think it helps um, you become much more memorable, you know? Absolutely. Um, Muriel, what was an investment that you made in yourself that you're so proud for making the decision and saying, I I am someone who is worth investing in myself and I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to open my wallet and pay for that investment. Yeah. Well, the thing for me, I feel like I'm always investing in myself. I feel like um, every level requires a new a new you, right? So I'm always, I always have a coach. I always, um, you know, trying to improve. I feel like it's a constant journey. Uh, but I would say some of the key ones would be, investing in Toastmasters as an introvert, you know, I, I was so nervous about doing speaking and now I get paid a lot of money to speak on stage, right? Because I'm a good speaker. But had I not have had of invested in going to Toastmasters in my lunch break while I was in my nine to five job, I probably wouldn't be as confident as a speaker. So that's definitely one. Um, 
I would also say even just investing to fly myself to New York alone from London when I wanted to move to New York. You know, that was something that I funded myself. I didn't know anyone in New York, but I was determined to move here. I was determined to live here. So I invested in that plane ticket. I invested in those relationships. I invested in my fears to move myself forward. And um, it paid off because now I've got my green card. I'm able to live and work here. Um, So I think it's always about thinking about the end goal and doing it scared if you have to. But those are some of the things that I've done that have really paid off. So um, I'm glad that I did them. And I'm glad you did too, because here we are now (laughs) having this amazing conversation. Um, I I want to ask you one last question, and that is, what is your definition of wealth? Yes. What is my definition of wealth? I would say it's just having the freedom freedom to spend your time as you please, you know, and I don't necessarily feel it's about necessarily a monetary amount, because wealth to me is more of a mindset than anything else. Like, I feel wealthy right now, I may not have millions of dollars in my bank account, but I'm so grateful for everything that I do have. I have my health, I have beautiful friends and family. I have so much opportunity around me. I have the freedom to determine my day, how I spend my day. And that to me is wealth. Love it. And last question that I have for you. And thank you again for making time to chat with with me today. How can we support the work that you're doing? And where can people find you? Yes. So I'm on all of the social media platforms, LinkedIn and Instagram, mainly at Marielle Laguerre. Um, I tend to hang out more on LinkedIn. In terms of support, you know, I do have a, um, a LinkedIn personal branding course that any if anybody's interested it's on my website it's called win on linkedin and you get all of my templates and my scripts to help you really create quick results on linkedin just by following my framework so um that's available to anyone who's interested perfect well marielle it has been such an honor to have you here and thank you you again Thank thank you thank you so much for inviting me on it's been a pleasure Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take control of your dinero, download our free 15-page Latina's Guide to Building Wealth, the ultimate blueprint to create your dinero systems. This guide includes the best tips on mindset, budgeting, and the dinero systems you need to build wealth. It is completely free, and to get a copy, you need to go to sayolawealth.com and enter code WEALTH at checkout and start creating your wealthy life today. Until next time, mujer, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay inspired. On the Say Hola Well podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general informational purposes only, and it does not constitute legal accounting, tax, or other legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content information without seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professionals. 
we assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liabilities with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liabilities for errors, inaccuracy, omission, misleading, or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.